Knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. This is Hour 3 of Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're the underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side... for the Big Dog Sports Talk Power Hour. Lido missed the boat that day he left the shack But that was all he missed And he ain't coming back It is six minutes past the hour here on this Wednesday. Coming up in about... 25 minutes or so, it'll be the quarterback of the Virginia Tech Hokies, Grant Wells, joining us right now, though. It's time for the Roth Report with the voice of Virginia Tech football, Bill Roth, here on VDST. From the talk of the New River Valley WRAD, it's time for the Roth Report. Now along with Virginia Sports Hall of Famer and voice of Virginia Tech football, Bill Roth, here's Rick Watson. Good morning, William. How are you, my friend? Good morning. Nice to talk with you today. Good morning, everyone. It's a big week. I'm glad uh, those listeners locally will have a chance to hear Grant Wells coming up in a little bit. It was one of the big stories from last week's spring game for the Hokies, and uh Wow, what, so much to cover. Oh, my goodness. How about goodness. that crowd for the Tech spring game, too? I'm excited to see the, the continued passion that the Tech fans have. Yeah, they came out, and the tailgates were popping, and everybody was talking about that. And uh, Well, you were there calling it. You were seeing uh, year two officially get underway for the public under Brent Pry. What did you – what did you? what's some of your takeaways? What did you like? Well, first of all, I love the weather, and I love the crowd, and <laughs> yes. I love the vibe, and I love the weekend. You know, baseball team swept Georgia Tech. The Remembrance Run was terrific. There were two or three alumni, major alumni groups that uh, got back on campus. The Hokie Club had an event. There was uh, some other events as well, and so uh, you know, it's in a way, it's a it's a casual kind of homecoming weekend. You know, when when we have homecoming for a real football game, it seems. A little more chaotic. The the game is the focus more so than the cultural and the social stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, just from a to see all these people back on campus uh, for a couple days is great. You know, as for the team, clearly the offense and the the playmakers themselves are different. And the quarterback, even though his name is Wells, he looked a lot different. And I think it probably goes hand in hand. There's more playmakers out there. There's clearly more speed. You can just see when guys are running around. So that was really encouraging. So, like, if you had to say one thing that looked differently or looked different this year compared to last year, it would be team speed and the number of playmakers who were out there. And as a result, you know, Grant came out and he had 10 of 12 passing. Both of those incompletions were 
deep red zone throwaways and the ball's inside the 10-yard line, and that's what you're supposed to do when you're down there if no one's open. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was good. And, and you could see, I mean, last year the Hokies very rarely had big plays, and they had, I guess it was, what, seven plays of 20 or more yards on Saturday. Right. So, so that was exciting. How about on the other side? Uh, defensively, that's Coach Price's specialty. What did you like there? You know, I think the linebackers, and this is going to change a little bit. You know, the, you know, the, the, well, the portal is open, so a lot could change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we know for sure that Stone Snyder is coming in from BMI, and he's a veteran linebacker. And I just think with with Tisdale and McDonald and Jenkins, and I thought Jaden Keller was one of the most improved players for Virginia Tech in the spring at linebacker. So I think that's encouraging. The coaches have talked about adding another corner somehow, but the corners look good. I think, and, and, and you know, we, we called his name a bunch during the broadcast, Fuga defensive tackle. So, you know, I think the one issue that we need to look for Virginia Tech to potentially address between now and the start of the season on that side of the ball is, some, is defensive end. But I think the, the linebackers look improved as well. So, you know, that's that's probably the, the, the what you feel good about. I think offensive line depth is an issue, and we saw that. They, they had four starting offensive linemen on one team, and it looked great. And, and then, then the, the the white team, the offensive line, there's a, there's a pretty substantial drop-off as of now. Right, so right. they got some work to do there. You know, one thing that Bernard brought up, and I wanted to ask you, I thought it was a good point. We're going to see the swinging door of the portal. You're right. It's going to go both ways. Steck has some work to do. Might we see some surprising names because some guys actually showed up and played really well that might look at the depth chart and maybe they've stayed to their case to get some interest from other places. So while we think about it being, you know, who can Tech add, they might lose some people that had been talked about previously as being a factor on this team, right? Could. I don't know that other than corner or, or, or maybe defensive end, and that's, that's maybe in quotes, it would really impact the team. I think where you're going to see some movement potentially, for example, I mean, seven quarterbacks played Saturday yeah. and each attempted a pass. Yeah. They're not going to keep seven, and, and, and quarterbacks five, six, and seven have some tape now of them playing, right? Mm-hmm. And look actually pretty good. So that wouldn't surprise me. Same at running back. You might see a player switch a position to a different – and Coach Pry alluded to that following the game about potentially, you know, I mean, there, there's so much depth right now at running back. We didn't see much of Tootin or Thomas in the game, uh, which kind of shows you that they know what those dudes can do. Yeah. And so running back three, four, five, well, I don't know that they're going to dress five running backs. And and the receivers, I, I counted up, we were talking during the broadcast, there were what twenty three receivers that were dressed on Saturday. <laughs> well, that you know that you may dress eight, <laughs> right? So, right. so I think you know. And the other, the other thing is, there's seven over. I think the number is. I think Coach Price said. I think they're at ninety two, and you can still do that because technically, and there's an NCAA, there's an NCAA rule about first year coaches about the number of people that you you know you can't dress them all, but you can go over a little bit for your first year and technically. Even though this is officially a look at 23, it's it, the 23 fall team, this still is Pry's first year at the end of it. So he was able to carry a couple extra guys over. We saw uh, the Oklahoma coach who went to USC really take advantage of that last year. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but, but by the fall, you got to be at 85. So some people are going to leave for sure. And 
you know, I don't know that there's going to be a defensive end that pops open in the portal or an offensive lineman that pops open in the portal that's going to be able to come in and contribute to Tech. I think from depth on offensive line, the key to building that is what happens in the next five months, and, and they're going to work really hard on that. Remember, offensive line coach changed, and then Coach Ron Cook was only brought in, what, three days before spring ball started. Right, right. So, so now, you know, they're going to obviously be recruiting for – for the fall, which which they are big time, uh, and and there, there's going to be some more bodies in there. But I think the guys that are in that offensive line room now, and there's 19 of them, uh, someone else will emerge to provide some depth on the offensive line. Agreed, agreed. And I really like too how the honesty that uh, Coach Pry always brings in the uh, post game presser, right? Just like he did last year. I mean, he was he was very honest. And he said just what you said, Bill. He didn't uh, he didn't really like once he broke up the team some of the depth of those lineman position in particular he talked about that so he knows they still have to add some guys but they're getting there the roster is much better now than it was two years ago and it's so easy for kids to leave and you know the bottom line is is in any sport people want to play they don't and people say well you know why did he transfer well sometimes people they want to play mm-hmm. that does not make them a bad teammate right it, it, they're in college they have a opportunity to play and maybe someone doesn't want to sit on the end of the basketball bench absolutely. if they can play somewhere else. Absolutely. And, and and same with football. Like I don't want to be a fourth whatever I don't want to be the fourth running back or the sixth quarterback. Mm-hmm. But I do think of and and, and and this is the the positive that Pride has. He's got such an incredible atmosphere going in the program now. The guys really like it. And so some guys may stay, but you're not going to see 20 receivers dressed out for the Hokies' old Dominion game. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, before we head to the break, uh, switching sports very quickly, really good news uh, later in the evening yesterday for Mike Young, Hunter Couture coming back one more year. Yeah, I think that's great for Hunter. It's great for the team. He's one of the, I think, maybe one of the more underrated all-time players that Virginia Tech has had. I agree. Yeah. Really, really good player, great guy. And after losing Grant Bazzilli to the – the pro team in Italy. Hokie basketball fans needed some good news. I think that's a good jump start. If you look at it, uh, you know the Hokies have picked up a couple of guards, but they still have one scholarship available for the fall, and that's that's important because now there's a portal that is active. Yes, it <laughs> you know, is. Woo. You know, and and when you talk about roster additions that could that can help. Uh, it, would, it wouldn't surprise me if someone else pops onto that roster here. I mean, you're seeing a lot of movement around the country. It and, is. I mean, you know, you're seeing Syracuse's starting big man go to West Virginia, yeah, all places. Right, and, and, right. and Joe Girard from up there is in the portal. I mean, just look around. People are leaving. Wong left Miami. Now they got a scholarship open. And not only that, they got some cash for you. No, right? of course they do. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, they do. So, I mean,. <laughs> You know, I mean, there's, there's going to be the college basketball thing is, is legitimately 12 months, and uh, boy, I empathize with the coaches. It's Bill Roth and the Roth Report. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Bill's going to have the latest on what's going on with the SMA. We'll also get the Baker Team Game of the Week, as well as Bill's NRV Heart Clinic Top Three. When we return with the voice of Virginia Tech football, Bill Roth and the Roth Report. Stay with us. Don't go away. Louise Baker, the Louise Baker team with Long and Foster Realtors. Thinking of spring? 
Think Buffalo and more for delivery of business lunches to pick up family-style meals, plus a large selection of fresh bison meat, steaks, burgers, hot dogs, and more. Be sure to check Reba's homemade dessert. Buffalo and more, new location across from Reiner Food Center, Louise, Marshall, and Rhonda. Check us out at nrvhomes.com. First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg. It has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Zoe's Kitchen, Bull and Bones, Avellino's, and El Rodeo. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B Theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling. Visit First in Maine today. The official entertainment the destination of Virginia Tech Athletics. From the classroom to the studio to the stadium, it's time to catch up on the latest from Virginia Tech Sports Media and Analytics program. Today's SMA update is brought to you by First in Maine, Blacksburg's premier destination to eat, drink, shop, and play. As we motor along with the Roth Report here on BDST, what is the latest, William, with the SMA folks? Oh, I got so much to talk about. We could go for about four hours, Rick. How long? <laughs> you know, we talk a lot about, or at least I do, that, that one of the things, one of the great things that I feel we've created for our students is our partnership with the Salem Red Sox because there's stuff you, I always say the greatest classroom is a baseball stadium because there's things that you can't duplicate in a classroom that happen in, in a baseball field. And I think for, for a couple of our students, Tyler Katz and Giovanni Heater, we saw that last night, so... We provide broadcasters for Salem for, for, for the team for the season. And Tyler, who's from Florida, and Giovanni, who's from New York, are our play-by-play guys. So they're doing every game. So last night, they're playing Lynchburg. Uh, it's 11 nothing Lynchburg in, what, the fourth inning or fifth <laughs> inning? <laughs> right. 11 nothing, And so you're feeling, uh-oh, it's going to be one of those nights, right? It's going to be one of those games. And then Salem comes back and gets eight in the fifth. And it ends up being one of those marathon 15-12 to 12 games. Mm. So, okay, that's last night. So the game ends. It's a late night. It's a school night, right? They have, they have school. They're doing all the things. Well, game two of the series is this morning at 11. <laughs> so you, they're already on their way back to Salem at right, 8, eight right. in the morning. Mm-hmm. And after finishing up a ball game last night. And, and that's what I talk about so much of the, especially in baseball, is, is the, the day after day, the mental... You know, you leave the ballpark at midnight and you go home and you're trying to recap and get your head around a 15 to 12 game and the hours and hours that you just spent on the air broadcasting and the preparation for it. But now you got to turn around and do it again. Right. This morning. It's rare to have an 11 a.m. baseball game. It really is. Uh, it is. But this, that's the schedule, right? And it's the same for the players, right? they got to get back right out there. And uh, they got to be at the ballpark three hours early. So... Here we go, game two. <laughs> so that's it, it's really hard, right? It, it, I mean, it's hard for, for professionals, let alone kids who are still in college. Sure, so, sure. Uh, keep an eye on them and make sure they're they're doing well, and 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 they are. But this is one of those challenging things. You've been there, I've been there, and yeah. we've all been there. Yeah, right. A day game after a night game, and after you have a fifteen to twelve marathon yes, game yes. the night before. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, uh, the weather is good. It's not like they're broadcasting in a frigid stadium. And hey, they're calling professional baseball with the Red Sox while they're in college. Right, we're the only school in the country that's allow, uh, providing that opportunity for kids. So 
Well, that's terrific, man. It continues to just amaze me what you're creating for these young people. It really does. That's awesome. And that, I know they're going to they're gonna value that no matter where they end up. They're going to think about these days, right? It's going to feel like you said, it's going to feel like a grind now, but they're going to go back and go, wow, what great times that was when I was at Tech. <laughs> oh, it's a grind. I mean, it's, 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 a, and it's a grind for everybody. I mean, it not is. Not just for them, but I mean, every, every, the grounds crew, uh, you know, those <laughs> At, at a baseball stadium, 140 baseball games is a lot of games. <laughs> it's a lot of games. <laughs> a whole lot of games. Speaking of games, uh, the Baker team game of the week. I'll tell you, Bill, I've really enjoyed the early start to these NBA playoffs. There's from, been some really good basketball here over the last few days. Yeah, and I, you know, it's funny because there's the, the playoffs are a really cool time to see what's happening. It's a little early still, but I'm going with tonight's Bucks heat game game two because, you know, Miami won the opener. I even got 130 points in game one on the road. Uh, that's that's not the kind of defense the Bucks ordinarily play. And so now Miami's got the home court advantage in this series. Game two is tonight at nine. Uh, you know, the Bucks are the they're the top seed. And so that's that that was a great win for for Miami the other night on Monday night. And so game two is tonight. Lots of star power tonight uh, in Milwaukee. Although I don't want to say must win. Because Milwaukee is so good. I mean, I guess you could see a situation in which it would lose the first two games and then come back and win the series, but that's going to be really hard to do. That would be a pretty substantial upset if the Bucks get beat. I have really enjoyed. My son has latched onto the Sacramento Kings over the last couple mm. of years. And I, I'll tell you what, man, that atmosphere in those two games, I mean, I know Draymond Green situation aside, but boy, what fun that has been watching that team rise up to. Those fans there, you know, they've been oh. starved for a playoff appearance. What was it, 17 years yes. since Sacramento made the NBA playoffs? Yeah. So they're hungry, and and it's exciting. And you don't take the the, the – when you haven't been in the playoffs for a generation, <laughs> Yes. you take that first-round playoff very seriously. And the Warriors are their big rivals, so you can see – passion there right no it's it's great man and i think that's what it is isn't it? we get involved in the playoffs because the players are are playing the game with that same passion we want as fans you can see it it's just a different vibe you know and it's interesting you know the other team although they've been in the playoffs they haven't won a playoff series for like 17 years and on the hockey side is toronto and and you'll find very few cities in in the world that take hockey more seriously than toronto or more passionate hockey fans anywhere than Maple Leafs fans. And so they're in the playoffs. They got home ice against Tampa, and they get punked at home last night. What was it, 7-3? Yeah, three? yeah. And then the Kraken, the Kraken, which was, by the way, is one of the greatest names for an expansion franchise <laughs> ever, beats Colorado last night. I mean, that, that, it's unbelievable what they've done in, what, two and a half years. It's crazy. The defending champs. Yes. Yeah. Hockey, yeah. hockey playoffs and NBA playoffs are really fun. They really are. They really are. Still early though. It's still we got a month of these playoff games. Yes, we do, and hopefully it gets better. They are fun better. to watch. They are a yeah. whole lot of fun to watch. We're rolling along with the Roth Report here on BDST as uh, Bill Roth is joining us. And again, we always talk about um, uh, different types of things that uh, banter about through here on the program. As uh, the Roth Report rolls on now with my favorite part, the NRV Heart Clinic Top Three. Are you ready for today's countdown? It's time for Bill's Top 3, presented by New River Valley Heart Clinic in Radford. All right, where are we going with the Top 3? Okay, so this is something that, that is really depends on your perspective, and I'm guessing that the uh, depending upon what generation you are, what your age group is, is how you're going to interpret this, right? I think sometimes, with the exception of maybe Michael Jordan and LeBron, 
and maybe back in the seventies, uh, when you had, you know, Wilt, you like, and maybe Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. where you say, and Gretzky, like this guy, this guy is the best ever. This guy is the best. Ever. Yeah, we were just talking about that. Yeah, absolutely. And and I don't know. So I've been trying to figure out. So, for, so here's where I'm going with this for our top three for today. Clayton Kershaw won again the other night for the Dodgers. Is that what you were talking about? Because I missed you earlier. Well, we were just talking about, we got into greatest of all times and how you can pick a greatest of all time. It doesn't mean that you think the other guy isn't good, but you can have your opinion about which guy was more impactful. It all started with Jordan and LeBron again. Then we went through all the sports. So that's kind of what we were breaking it down. Okay, let's talk baseball pitching. So Clayton Kershaw won his 200th game. As a pitcher, that's a lot of wins, that's right? Two hundred wins, a lot of wins. Yes, it is. You got that. That's that's. I mean, twenty wins for ten years in a row, right? Okay, twenty wins is a lot of wins. Okay, he's but he's only lost eighty-eight. Mm-hmm. He's two hundred and eighty-eight. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. All right. That career-winning percentage of just about seventy percent is the highest in Major League history. Clayton Kershaw among among pitchers with two hundred wins. Mm-hmm. I mean. Technically, somebody went one and zero. It is a thousand percent sure. But sure. I'm talking about pitchers with 200 wins. Okay, no one has been a bigger winner than Kershaw among the pitchers who have 200 wins. His ERA for his career is 2.48. Okay, that is the lowest since 1920 mm-hmm. among pitchers with 200 wins. So where does Kershaw rank? Right. So among the all-time greatest pitchers. In the history since the live ball era, which baseball purists say started in 1920, that's when the baseball itself changed. Mm-hmm. In 1915, you could hit a baseball as hard as you wanted; it would go about you know 110 feet, <laughs> right? A, yeah, right. a soggy beanbag, yeah. right? So, yeah. Um, but if you take a look at the stats, so I did. I, I looked at like I went to the 60s and looked at Koufax, and yes. then yes. in the 70s looked at all the great pitchers, and the, and the guy that stood out. Was Seaver Tom yes, Seaver? Tom Seaver, right? And then in the eighties, there were so many amazing pitchers. But if you look at the numbers, the the, the the dominant pitcher statistically was Dwight Gooden. Dwight Gooden, yeah. And then Pedro Martinez and 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 Greg Maddox of the nineties. So you had different styles of pitchers, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Maddox wasn't a flamethrower. You know, clearly Gooden and Seaver were. And I, and I look, where does Kershaw rank statistically? Compared to others of that era, because how do you compare Kershaw to Kofax? Right, that's yeah, different era, a different era. But what you can do is compare all his stats compared to the rest of the league at the time. Who was the best pitcher of the '60s, Kofax? Well, how do you compare him with Kershaw? So I ran some numbers last night, and statistically, so this is this is my caveat here. Ready? I'm not saying the top three pitchers of all time, but to win games, low ERA, and not lose games, right? So wins and losses and low ERA, all right? Maybe they, maybe your pitcher didn't win the game, but he battled in there, and it was 2-2 in the ninth before he left, right? He gets a no decision, but there's no loss, okay? The top three since 1960. Number three, Tom Seaver. Number two, Sandy Koufax, and number one, Clayton Kershaw. Well, there you go. I mean, and people can make their arguments based on that, but the numbers don't lie. Ball don't lie, numbers don't lie in this case. Well, that, <laughs> I don't know how else you compare Koufax to Kershaw. 
or, or you know what I'm saying? I yeah. Other than looking at the numbers and the ER, and there, there's some other advanced stats there as well. Yeah, that's good. And, you know, it's the, a good list. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, if you had a pitcher that you needed to win one game, who would you pick? And I'm not saying I would pick Clayton. Yeah. But I'm not saying I wouldn't. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. If you needed one win, who would you pick? I, I, I might go with Maddox. Yeah, I think I'd go with Maddox. I really would. Bob Gibson. Yeah, I think I'd go with Maddox. I think I'd go with Maddox. That's a great list, man. Great list. And good stuff is always from you today. But I think Kershaw, I don't think people, I mean, I mean, from Otani to, Otani to, to Trout to Kershaw, these are all Hall of Fame guys at oh, the peak of their career Absolutely. Right now. No question. No question about it. It's so awesome to see. It is. And, it is. Yeah. That was fun. That's good stuff. I wish they weren't all on the West Coast. <laughs> I know, right? You have to watch them all the time. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> uh, all right, brother. Listen, stay safe in your travels, and we will connect again next week. Yep, I believe in New York here in a little bit, so uh, see you in a little bit, Rick. All right, man, stay safe. There you go. That's Bill Roth in the Roth Report. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Virginia Tech quarterback Grant Wells joins us. Coming up next, stay with us. <laughs> so what do you think of the new big screen TV? Pretty good fit in this room, huh? Man, I'm so glad we called Louise to help us find our new home. That apartment was just too small with the new baby. Louise listened to what we wanted, we discussed what we needed, and she found us this great house. We're so happy here. This is Louise Baker, the Louise Baker team with Long & Foster Realtors. When you are ready to purchase, check us out at nrvhomes.com. Louise, Marshall & Rhonda will work hard to find your right space. First in Maine is a beautiful shopping center located right here in Blacksburg. It has the perfect mix of shops, restaurants, and entertainment. Grab some new shoes and accessories at Runabout Sports and Walkabout Outfitter to make your hikes around the NRV even better. Looking to grab a bite to eat? Well, First in Maine has great restaurants like Zoe's Kitchen, Bull and Bones, Avellino's, and El Rodeo. Looking for some family entertainment? Then check out B&B Theaters for movies, the arcade, and bowling. Visit First in Maine today. The official entertainment destination of Virginia Tech Athletics. 